Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Order. Put some trouble in it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Logical. Yeah. And I'm your boy, 2-5. Tonight, we are going to recap NBA Finals Game 1 and tell you why the series will be over in 2. Then, <laughs> Million Dollar Man, Monty DiBiase, getting all the money from Detroit back up the Brinks truck. That's probably the Brinks truck Isaiah Thomas was supposed to get. Now, a couple of weeks later, I still can't believe that nobody has signed DeAndre Hopkins. Uncle Shay, bored out, not coming back after the finals. How many of y'all are gonna stop watching Undisputed? Cause I already wasn't watching it. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough run for Undisputed. Yes, but Mr. Logical, what is the word? What's popping in New Jerusalem? Just saying, man, like next year, the Knicks is going to be back. No, I'm with you. I just wanted to say something crazy to start off the show. Uh, yo, like, you know, me and you, we've been just kind of like trying to find topics that, uh, you know, I went off my, my get off, get it off my chest this week with the whole I'm sick of the debate. Yeah, I still got the last <laughs> dance playing in the background. That's because it's just a good documentary and it's good background, you know, for the for the ambiance. I got my hats, I got my, you know, a towel. So I got the last series playing in the background, but the debate, man, the debate's over. Yo, I'd be so mad. I, I was we were talking about that the other night. You'll get it off my chest. And I brought up like, yo, why don't y'all argue about Elijah and Tim Duncan? And then I turned on the odd couple and they were like, who's better between Elijah Duncan and Shaq? It's, you know, it's these these arguments because we don't have anything like this is like a lull in sports, even though we had NBA finals, even though nobody's seen a lot of baseball. <laughs> start, start to cut one bench one, all of those. Yeah. And it's just it's like, come on. And just so you, you can, know, America, you can I find cut a good, I cut mellow can, every time you can find a good sports <laughs> conversation. You just got to be willing to have a intellectual conversation I found about one all player. aspects of sports. I found one player that I wouldn't cut mellow for. Who? Julius Randle. Stop it. <laughs> this dude hate Julius Randle so bad, man. I mean, he went to Kentucky. I don't hate you, him. You would have thought that he was supposed to, like, do you a favor. Yo, <laughs> just, I just tell you what I see, just man. You. I just tell you what I see. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, look, Julius Randle is a good basketball player. You know, he, he's a lefty with, the, with a little bit of a handle. You know, he got a nice mid-range jumper. He just shoot too many threes for my liking, and I'm not sure he's the best on defense or anything. So, you know, like the Lakers be talking about, we gave up Julius Randle. Good for y'all. Y'all gave up Julius Randle. Yo, the Lakers had Ingram, <laughs> Randle, Ball, Hart. They had like a nice little young squad. And gone. 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 You know what I'm saying? But the NBA Finals last night, the Denver Nuggets showed everybody that they are the best team in the league. 
Miami tried to make a little run of it late. It was one of those fake runs. It wasn't really a run. Denver was just playing around and being stupid. Miami hit a couple of threes because that's what they do. And Raph kept texting me talking about down to 10, down to 10. And then I would be like 16, 16. <laughs> and then it was back to 11. And then Jokic said, all right, playtime is over. Yeah, but the reason, like I said, the reason that they were able to do that is the is what we said in the preview. <clears throat> Milwaukee in games four and five had like 16-point leads in the fourth. Like not even like going into the fourth, like early, not like with nine minutes left in the fourth mm-hmm. and blew both of those games because mm-hmm. they just – they got tight. They had an opportunity, but for some reason, Budenholzer took Brooke Lopez out. Yo, remember like, when remember Giannis avoided the pass so he didn't have to shoot the free? And he almost threw it out of bounds. I was like, <laughs> yo, this is bananas. It's like, where's no one's taking it on? That so was a failure. Boston did the same thing where it was like when they got tight and Miami, you know, tightened the screws a little bit, metaphorically. They just kind of like buckled. And then Miami got they would get the lead, like like the game six in these conference finals. Denver, Mike Malone called a timeout. He was like, All right, we was up. Cause they started off the fourth quarter with uh Highsmith got a steal off of Murray, got a quick layup. Baltimore. And then they came back down, got a three. They went back down. Jokic missed like a little floater or something. And then Miami came back down and got some kind of bucket. I don't know if they got a two or a three, but whatever. I think the lead got cut to like 14 at that point. He was like, all right, time out. Let's regroup. And that's why I was like, whoa. Then they got it to 11. They got it to 12. And they were just going back and forth. But take note, they, Joe Missoula. They, they, they stuck to they stuck to the today their, their, their bread and butter. Like through three quarters. Murray and Jokic assisted like 69 or points. They accounted essentially for 69 and points. And Miami had 63 after three quarters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like. They went back to the bread and butter, and they just literally just went back to the pick and pop. And KCP coming off of that, he missed a couple free throws, but he came back and hit a three. It just, it just, uh, I saw something the other day, which is kind of funny. Michael Porter Jr. said something like he played like 231 games, and 87 of those games he recorded zero assists. <laughs> so I'm watching the fourth quarter. And he got like a couple passes in the corner. My man didn't turn his head looking for a pass. He was like, <laughs> I'm firing this thing off. Yeah, that's probably why he went 2 he four, 11 like from three. three. <laughs> he did it like three times. He just was like, that ball got to that corner. It was like, this shot's going up. But, yeah, so Denver just went back to this is this is our advantage. Like, you know, the advantages they had. They, had, they got a guy at the guard position that can get his own bucket, that can get hot. They have a guy – that's seven feet tall, that can't really be defended. You can't speed mm-hmm. him up. Mm-hmm. You just got to hope he misses. But if he misses, then he just gives the ball out to the, the guard, and then he gets closer to the hoop, and he shoots a little six, seven-foot fadeaway. It goes through the hoop. You put you play your best defense, and then he gets that shot off. He's like, okay, I'm good. And Jokic, he'll go down to the block three possessions in a row. He'll make that little pass, the little pocket pass to Jeff Green, lay up. It just – they even when Miami made their run, they didn't seem to panic. Coach calls a timeout, gets them to regroup. Miami made another run. He called another timeout, got them to regroup. 
whereas we've seen in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we're going to refer back to Boston a lot as we have these conversations because you're going to see Denver do what Boston should have been able to do with their top two players and then what Denver's going to do with their top two players. So we're going to look at that a lot. And they just think, all right, cool, we'll just run. They just played off each other. Even if you shot a jumper, you know, when Boston was shooting jumpers or when L.A. was shooting jumpers or like Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks, these guys were shooting jumpers, you didn't feel confident Jordan Poole was shooting jumpers. Mm -hmm. But something Mm -hmm. about, you know, KCP and Murray and these other guys just being able to shoot jumpers is like, if it feels like it's it's really part of the framework of how they operate. Yeah. So do you think Joe Mazzulla watched that game or was he watching the town? Uh he was watching something, but whatever he was watching, it wasn't film. He didn't watch the last dance and listen to Phil Jackson break down plays <laughs> in the huddle. Uh he didn't watch, you know replays of last year when he was mm-hmm. on staff with M.A. Doka when they got to the finals and, you know, he when he made adjustments and things like that, you know, like, Pazula didn't do any of that. Whereas Malone was like, alright, cool. Let's make these adjustments. Let's get back. But like I said, that rest was going to be good for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call this on. so I'm going to call this Jokic's Durant game. You know, 27, 10, and 14, but only 12 shots. You know, how about Aaron Gordon, 12 points in the first quarter, just bullying and bodying everybody in sight. And then it worked out perfect because what did Miami do? They said, we're going to put Jimmy Butler on you. Oh, okay. You know, then like, everybody else goes off. So, so what's that? I got about four inches, about 30 pounds or so on Jimmy Butler. Well, Jimmy Butler ain't going to be effective on offense. You know, so you so you played right into Denver's hands. I mean, I would rather let Aaron Gordon beat me than Jokic or let, you know, Aaron Gordon. I let Aaron Gordon get 30. That's what I'm saying. With you know? two assists before I let Jamal Murray get 26 and 10 assists. I mean, to be fair, though, you know, Jamal Murray's 26 was on 22 shots. So it wasn't like he was like his normal. But, that, but, but if you think if you think about like an NBA game, your top player. Is getting about that many shots. Most yeah, guys aren't going like 11 for 18 but, on a regular basis. A lot of them are going nine for 22 every once in a while. But every once I'm, in the blue, they might go 11 for 16, 11 for 17, something like that. But for the most part, man, these guys are going nine or 10 for 22. I still don't know why I got this crayon in my hand. But, uh, you know, but as, but where I was looking at this is so Bam Adebayo is the Heat center even though he's probably not a center, like in that Al Horford way. But I don't know what's what's the floaters. Like, go at Jokic. Like, Jokic had one foul the whole game, and we talked about this. Get Jokic in foul trouble. Like, Bam should be quick enough slash shifty enough to make Jokic reach a few times or overplay, you know, have to try to catch up. I think he just doesn't. I think Jokic, I think he just won't foul you. Maybe. I, th- I think he just like, you know But what? I don't think you put him in a position I'll... to try to follow you. They didn't I think make he it, won't. You know, I think, because I think he literally will just I you, think he'll get like how AD got 40. He was like, okay, you, you, know, you get 40, you get 40. It is what it is. You know but how I'm many get free 30, throws 20 and 15. You know how many free throws Miami took last night? About 12. Two. 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 I'm thinking. They took two and they made two. So I mean that went well. But bam. 26 points. That's good, right? 
it's it's not the same. Like we twenty five shots, twenty five shots to get those twenty six points. See, that's different. That's when you when you are a center and you're not a jump shooter. Twenty, you shouldn't even need twenty five shots. He was thirteen for twenty five, and no free throws, no threes, all twos. Max Struess, Max Struess. Well, he's like zero for nine from three. Zero for nine from three. Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin should have been MVP. One for seven from the floor. Duncan Robinson, you know, over or oh, one for five from three. And you know what's funny about that? Everybody was saying, people were telling me, like, you still so confident about Denver because Miami just didn't shoot well. All those stats I just gave you, and Miami still shot the three better than Denver. I watch, I was watching first things first, and I believe Nick Wright. I believe he was picking Miami and Chris Broussard was like, give me a basketball reason why you're picking Miami. He yeah. said it like three times. And I was, and I was, as I was watching the show, this was probably, so they, today's Friday. It was probably the Wednesday episode. It was like, he kept saying, give me a basketball reason. I'm thinking like, yeah, like I'm, I was still waiting for him to give his answer. <laughs> Realistically, what you have, what you have with Miami is, if you think Miami's going to win, you think they're going to win based off of intangibles, like, intangibles, and the run that they've been on this particular playoffs. Right. Definitely. Like I said, if just that team of destiny, uh, this team, this coach won't let them lose. Like these, these, these cliches that you just kind of latch on. You latched your hope on the cliches, mm-hmm. but there's I don't think there's a real tangible basketball argument you can make for Miami to win, <clears throat> mainly because everybody equal, no injuries, everyone just plays it all out. Miami has more defensive problems than Denver. Their zone did better than I thought it would, to be honest. I think the zone's effective, but like I said, when you have a zone, the big man gets to the middle of the zone and he passes out of the zone. So if it gets to the point where it's 49 to 49 at halftime because of this zone, you and I think Mike Malone is the type of coach that would be like, all right, check it out. This is what we're going to do. Either you're going to have Aaron Gordon run to the free throw line to get the ball, or you're going to have Jokic get it and just pass towards the hoop. You know how Miami, I was talking about, broken down, Al Horford kept passing out for the three-point yeah. shot? It's going to turn into the hoop because if you're getting beat at the hoop in your zone defense, you have to change it up because the zone is designed to make you take 18 to 22-foot jump shots, either mm-hmm. long twos or threes. If the other team is breaking it down to where a guy's cutting backside and they're getting layups or that guy getting the ball at the free throw line is turning and he's scoring from 12 mm-hmm, feet, mm-hmm. then your zone is ineffective. You have to go, you got to switch up the defense because they're going to just keep working that. Especially if a guy like Jokic, who he's like, he the way he shoots it, he shoots it so high, kind of floats it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to switch it up. So unless he's just missing that shot, then your zone is effective. But. Yeah, I need, so, I need Bam so to stop. I need Bam to floater. stop the floater. I, I just need him to just go to the bucket. You know, even if, if you get he's bu- worked it. I mean, look, 
20, 26 points on 25 shots. And so, dear Eric Spolstra, I think you're probably the best MB, coach in the NBA, maybe number two at worst. No more Cody Zeller, please. No more. Just, just cut it out. You know, get old man love out there. He ain't going to play no defense. We know that. But he's going to grab some rebounds. He's going to get you some easy buckets on outlet. Oh, he'll take a charge. I think he's taking, like, he taking like 30 this year. And he'll, and he'll hit number. a few threes. And he'll hit a few threes. Because you already got your good Kyle Lowry game out the way. You know, that's already done for. Like, we might not <laughs> see him the rest of the series. You know. Uh, Yo, it's, it's silly <laughs> that that makes sense. You know, but this was the first time. Both teams had one. Both teams had one game ones. I just thought that was interesting. Both teams had won all their game ones leading up to this point. So you know, I found little things Something like I had that to interesting. Give. Yeah. So so you know, this is the problem. This is the real problem. So we hear when we're watching these basketball games, the broadcasters always talk about people being played unplayable. Like you can't play this person in this. Like DeAndre Ayton, you can't play him in this series because Jokic has done this. He's unplayable. That's the problem. Denver doesn't have any lineup that's unplayable. Like everything that they do, they can just keep switching. They can be chameleons. They can, if you want to go small, they don't have to change their lineup. If they, if you want to go big, they don't have to change their lineup. You want to play fast. You want to play slow. They don't have to change their lineup. You know, the only, the only difference is, is that Michael Porter has to hit shots. Like I mentioned, two, four, 11 from three. If Miami shot bad, what do you call that? So, so you know, Jimmy Butler, my guy. But this is why Jimmy Butler is not Close the door. on that level. This is why Jimmy Butler is not in that top 10 of NBA players because he was 6 for 14, you know, 13.7 boards, 7 assists. But sometimes he gets real Tatum-like. You know, they have these explosions, these 40-point games, and then they just kind of teeter until the next 40-point game you know, which may still be another two or three games away. You know, I'm not saying that Jimmy Butler had to come out there and start jacking up shots or whatever the case may be, you know, but I just feel that as the leader of the team, the guy that's been carrying them to this point, I didn't really see him drive much. I heard a stat. I don't know where I, where I got it from, but so I can't verify it, but it was along the lines of the whole game. He only drove eight times. And well, maybe that's what the defense was was you know predicated on. It's like maybe you don't want to just keep forcing it, especially when it they don't have they don't have an elite rebounder on the floor, so they have to be efficient with their possessions mm-hmm. because if they if they don't score five possessions in a row, then you have a team that can come down and get ten points rather easy. They shoot the three well. Everybody passes. I mean, like, Jokic had 14 dimes, and Jamal Murray had 10. But mm-hmm. both of them still gave you 53 points. Mm-hmm. And Eric Spolstra, don't you listen to these people out here saying put Haywood Smith on Jokic. Don't fall for the Rui trap. Don't do oh, it. Oh, the high Smith dude? Yeah. You know, uh, but he, he, hey, he put up 18 points. So, you know, Miami just finds these dudes. I don't know where they get these dudes from, but these guys just come in and they're effective. But this is the problem. You know, that worked against teams like Boston that let you dictate to them what they were going to do. You know, that worked against the Knicks that had Julius Randle 
shooting threes for no reason at all, shooting nine threes a game. That worked yeah, against like, Giannis with, with, with his hurt back. That ain't going to work here. It's And it's not going to work because I know I sound like a broken record. Denver just they have the most of all the teams that were in the playoffs that were in serious consideration. They had the most continuity mm-hmm. from October until June. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it, that many players missed that many games. I think Jokic probably played 70. I think Jamal Murray played a lot of games. Michael Porter normally, you know, he had the back injury coming out of Missouri. But he played a lot of games. KCP played a lot of games. They didn't make a bunch of trades at the deadline like the Lakers did. They didn't lose a big man like Memphis. They lost two big men. You know what's crazy? Denver is an overtime game and two Devin Bookers from being undefeated in the playoffs right now. <laughs> I, I think I think a loss is good. I think a loss is good because it makes you it makes you think because like if you win all your games and then you get the game one of the finals and you lose and it's like all right now we got to make adjustments and we only have three losses left. But you lose a game in the second round to Phoenix, or you lose back to back games to Phoenix when Jokic dropped fifty. It was like don't do that. So, go 30 so, if you want 50 go 30 points 20 rebounds so so what's miami's adjustments uh you 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 play <laughs> you, you just play, play better that's it <laughs> you, 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 either you play you play you, you play a bigger player that can just make jokic have to shoot over a different length person mm-hmm, different angles and, and whatnot yeah. different angles because you can't really run bam out of bio at him the whole game because it's 48 minute game he's gonna adjust each possession like okay bam is working his heart out on the other end they're gonna run aaron gordon at bam out of bio they can run michael porter jr at him uh even i mean if you have to you can put murray on him just for a few possessions just to give him a different mm-hmm. energy body because Max Struess isn't really going to beat you off the dribble. Duncan Robinson is not dribbling inside of the three-point line. He's pulling up off the, the dribble handoff. Tyler Hero, if he can even come back, we don't know. But so I heard that, game three originally. Basically, but he's he's just – it's just Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, that's just apples for apples. So you're going to get the same <laughs> thing. You're not going to get anything different. It'll, I mean, it'll be a, it might be a jolt. Maybe Tyler Hero can get you better – can get better shots and maybe well, he'll do the really dribbling quicker. that you said Duncan Robinson won't do. Yeah, but it in but he, is he gonna break down the defense? And if he gets to the paint, they're gonna slap that hand. Yeah, and he like I've been hearing I was hearing game three originally. I'm starting to hear possibly game two. You know, so if you I, think you can be ready for game three, then run him out there game two. It's not like he's gonna heal much more between what tomorrow yeah, and get Tuesday. That, get that rust out of there before you go home. Just, just throw him out there. Give him 14 minutes. See if he can take a hit on the hand, or in practice, hit him on the hand with like a computer stick or something like that. And that's the other thing, you know. You put Tyler Hero out there, then he's food for either Bruce Brown or KCP, probably. Oh yeah, you you you're gonna run. Denver's gonna 
run at whoever that is. Mm-hmm. It's like when you put the backup defensive tackle in the game when Aaron Donald's helmet comes off. Yeah, cool. We audible. We go right up the middle. Aaron Donald's on the sideline. So with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson both on the floor, if you have them on the floor at the same time, shut it down. Right. I'm picking rolling all day. He's going to have to run through on his right side. All the picks will be pick right, pick right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a run, push that hand up, and try to run through Jokic or run through Jeff Green or run through Aaron Gordon and push off the whole time on defense to the point where he comes on offense. They're going to slap his hand on every layup attempt, every dribble. You know, this is a ruthless game, but it's a championship online. Mm-hmm. No one's trying to hurt him, but you want to see what his threshold is. If somebody's ankle's hurting, like mm-hmm. Tatum, they were running at him. Like, oh, you can't go left? Cool. <laughs> we going right all day. So yeah. you better switch everything. And it was switching madly, and Miami was getting open shots because of it. But yeah, yeah I think I think they were, I think they were, like I said, I called a sweep just because I think if everybody plays to their norms, Denver is eight to 12 points. And, 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 and that's what I was saying. Cause like I said, everybody was talking about how, um, how bad Miami shot, but they still shot it better than Denver. They made five more threes than Denver, you know? Um, I mean, they took 12 more, but they made five more, you know, uh, Michael Porter, like I mentioned two for 11 from three. So, I mean, it's not as if Denver, it wasn't game one against the Lakers. You know yeah. where Denver just was hitting everything. Which, which, if that series, if that series would have gone longer, that would have been like the classic way to start a six or seven game series. Mm-hmm. But when the Lakers squandered Game Two, Denver is like, all right, we're putting our foots on the throat mm-hmm. and we're running with it because Miami was winning games too. So if you're Denver, you're looking across like, yo, Miami's up. 2-0. Now we're up, we're up to 2-0. Then they played their game. They're up 2-0. You're like, okay, we got to get the 3-0. <coughs> you yeah. got the 3-0. Then Miami got the 3-0. And you were like, yo, we got to close this out because the last thing you want is Miami is you lose, just throw away game four. Mm-hmm. And Miami goes on and they close out. And now you got to play LeBron and AD again. And you got to work Jokic. He has to battle this seven-foot monster and AD because we talk about AD a lot. When it goes down to it, he's like seven feet tall, 250, 260 pounds. That is a big dude to just be chasing. Like he he doesn't, he's not a statue. Like Jokic is kind of a bit of a statue, but mm-hmm. Jokic has to chase AD. So you got to chase him and then they they battle and get a game six. That's like what happened with Miami. They just played three extra games because they just played poorly in two or three of them and they didn't box out in game six. And now they're exhausted. <laughs> yeah, they're exhausted. But, but see, and, and that's what I was looking for because, you know, the altitude, you know. But Jimmy Butler, like when I was watching it, Jimmy Butler seemed to be the only one that may have been slightly tired. You know, like they, like uh, the shooters didn't look tired. They they were just – I think they might have been a little – I don't want to say they were nervous, but, you know, it, it was the first game of the NBA Finals. Like there might have been some nerves going on with like Caleb Martin or somebody like that. He might have had some jitters, if you will. Yeah, I mean, all the chips are pushing the center of the table at this point. Is like you're, you're all the efforts you put in to get to the NBA Finals, starting with preseason training camp, all the months and all the you know the days and hours and minutes you put in to get it to this point. 
and you can play, you can just be outplayed for the next three games, mm-hmm. and people will ignore the fact that you worked as hard as you did to get to the NBA finals. So I think it's a lot of pressures like, oh. oh, I can make this shot, or like Duncan Robinson when he missed those two shots in game six is like if he doesn't turn if he doesn't have a game where he gets goes seven for twelve from three at any point in this series, people will look back like yo, remember that game six where he misses wide open threes? Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever recovered from that. All the sports even though, psychologists. Even though the, <laughs> even though the two things may completely be completely separate, it's just that's all people are gonna remember. They're gonna remember what happened in May and June because you've gotten this far. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people are, people are gonna talk about the Memphis season because all the turmoil. But I don't think people are gonna like bring up whatever De'Aaron Fox didn't do in his round one series against Golden State right, next right. year in conversation. Right. But but I think but I think that's the that's one of the messages is Eric Spolstra has to hammer home. You know, guys, we are an eight seed. Nobody expected us to be here. Nobody expects us to get through here. Like, house money right now. Play you know, about house money. Yeah, if we lose this series, we were supposed to. If we win this series, maybe the greatest story in NBA history. We're getting a documentary. We're getting a documentary, 30 for 30 at least. Stop. Your grandson's going to wear your jersey on career day. Baltimore going to name a street after <laughs> after Highsmith. <laughs> yo, it's yo, you'll get your own day. People been celebrating uh Isaiah Pacheco from South Jersey ever since the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Like his family threw a big party down in South Jersey. So I mean he scored a touchdown in that game. He had a good season. Mm-hmm. But when you're when you're from like a small hometown, like yeah, do you do something big like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so- billboards. Remember when Dave Lilla was playing at Weaver State and they had him all over the billboard? Mm-hmm. He's from Oakland. Mm-hmm. Nah, for well, four years he was from we he was from Ogden, Utah. Yeah, I'm gonna respect Miami and say that the series ain't over. But for all intents and purposes, I think the series might be over. Like, you know, because uh, if Jim, like, I think Jimmy Butler is gonna have to channel. I don't want to be disrespectful and do the thing, but he's got a Butler. Yeah, he's got a Jimmy Bubbles. He's got a channel Jimmy Bubbles, and but the problem is is that he was able to do that twice in that series against the Lakers. He might need to do it four times to win this series. Yo, I had I remember like me, me, my son, and my dad were in a full on triangle argument. The two of them are always against me, no matter what the argument is. It could be like chocolate versus vanilla ice cream. The two of them are gonna like chocolate. We're gonna have this argument. That's just what we do. (laughs) But I, but my my statement was like, yo, this series is over. Because Jimmy Butler has to have a 40-point triple-double for them to win a game. It's like he can't keep doing that. And considering if – I know people don't really like the bubble, but if you looked at some of, some of the possessions when LeBron decided, I'm just going to give it some points, he literally was just – he was pushing the ball through double teams, picking it up at the free throw line, taking another step, George Gervin finger roll. Like he was literally getting everything he wanted against Miami when he decided like three or four possessions in a row, he was just getting to the cup every time. And Jimmy Butler was like dead tired after those wins. And it's like, 
you can't keep doing that every other day, even though they were only going. I don't know if the game was in the same hotel, but they, I mean, granted, they weren't traveling far. Best case scenario, they were traveling across, you know, a courtyard to their hotel. But yeah, I don't know how much recovery he had, but I know in those two games that they won, he had 40 point triple doubles. And the Lakers still had chances to win or to like cut the lead from like four to one. And he still was playing his heart. I was like, you can't, that's not sustainable. Cause even LeBron and AD, neither one of them were playing like that. They mm-hmm. were going 30, 12 and 10 for the Lakers to win. Mm-hmm. He had, he was going like 40, 10 and 10 for them to win those two games. Well, they keep running into this problem where like the other teams have deeper talent. Like Miami has players that they play but they always are fighting a talent deficit, you know, yeah. like, like Jimmy Butler is cause like, cause like Jimmy Butler is not, you know, like when we talk about these things, you know, he's not, you know, your Kobe or, you know, your LeBron or like somebody of that stature. Like he's just a dude that is good at basketball that has a pit bull heart, you know, and eventually talent wins over heart. Like Rudy. <laughs> don't start that yeah know? but <laughs> jimmy jimmy butler's gonna go like 32 12 and 12 next game by the way just and it just, still just, might not be enough and they'll lose by six yeah because then bam will score 17 points on 31 shots or something and like have that. five fouls <laughs> so just monty saying. williams the million dollar man you know the hundred million dollar man potentially took over in the Took over in Detroit, and you know he he's had some success with young players. You know he had, you know Booker, you know Mikael Bridges, you know taking it back to New Orleans. You know he was there with young Chris Paul. You know he was there with David West, young David West. You know Mo Pete. You know Mo Pete. Shout out. You know I like Mo. I always liked him. You know he was one of those guys. Like Rasul Butler was a guy I always liked to watch. Just certain players, I just like. I like Steve Francis. I just I want to say they players. had Stoyakovic at some point too. I think they had Stoyakovic. Yeah, yeah, I'm not for around these parts. Stoyakovic, pop and spit. I'm not for around these parts. I'm Stoyakovic. Stoyakovic, shout out to yeah. Joe Button. You know, and then also, you know, on top of Monty Williams, we learned today that Frank Vogel is the new coach of the Phoenix Suns. But before we even get into that, did you hear this? Uh, I was listening to Debatable this morning. <laughs> Did you hear Nick Nurse when they asked him about James Harden? No, give me the answer. Give me a good <laughs> so, one. So, so they go, so so the reporter goes, you know, do you want James Harden back? And he's like, uh, pardon me? And he's like, do you want James Harden back? And he's like, James Harden's a great player. He's like, you didn't really answer my question. Like, like, do you want James Harden back? And he's like, James has a decision to make. And you know, if he chooses to stay with us, we'll be fine with that. <laughs> we're going to coach the players that are going to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Frank Vogel, let's start with him because Monty's the main event here. So let's start with Frank Vogel. What do you think about Frank Vogel to the Suns? I, no, NBA champion Frank Vogel, that is. NBA champion Frank Vogel. I think I think it's a good move. Uh, normally, I don't like the, the repeat, but... <laughs> Excuse me. That normally applies when I think the coach flamed out. Mm-hmm. They got fired. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of coaches recently, especially last five, six seasons, we could probably run them off. 
I think a lot of these coaches got fired prematurely based off expectations that either because a lot of NBA teams have changed hands as far as ownership. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of teams are just be getting bought out and just new owners. Like A Rod is on the ownership team of the Timberwolves, just kind of out of nowhere. Phoenix, granted, this year they got sold because they had the issue with the Robert Sauver. But you had uh like Philly was was bought, like was bought and sold recently. And it didn't make the splash that the Clippers purchased me because I was like the first one that went for two billion mm-hmm. when they were evaluated at like 700, 800 million. And that Donald Sterling was like a big deal. But it's been a lot of NBA teams that in the second or third year of a coach being on staff get sold or mm-hmm. majority state gets sold. And then the new owner comes in and the team underperforms based off the money that he or she just invested. So coaches are getting fired prematurely. Frank Vogel shouldn't have got fired. Like that's my personal opinion. Same way with Nick Nurse. I don't think Nick Nurse should have gotten fired. So when Philly picked him up, I think it was a good pickup. Monty Williams, we had a discussion about it. Like maybe he should go because they felt like the collapse. Mm-hmm. But Frank Vogel being hired on, I thought it was a good deal. He, he pretty much had a year to chill out. The Lakers probably paid him for this last year. Probably got some vacation and probably went to Greece or something like that. People like doing that now. And he has talent. In Phoenix, is Kevin Durant going to give you three more years of Kevin Durant basketball? Is Booker going to give you? Is Booker going to give you the, the 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 whole Mamba mentality? Which I'm gonna say no because it's just a big, <laughs> it, that's just it's just it's like can it's Durant like give you seventy the, games? Can he give you sixty five games? I'll give you no, seventeen off. Probably no. Oh, if you give me sixty five games, then we're good. Booker, you get me 70, 74 games. Can and Vogel can, can get, Vogel save Aiden, Aiden? DeAndre Aiden? Uh like I don't know what Aiden's issue is. Because I don't think Aiden's that bad. I think it's a little overstated, but you know, he's I don't think he's bad. I just think for something something's up. Mm-hmm. Either either Monty Williams just didn't have a package or any kind of foresight to figure out how to get him involved. Whereas Vogel just had a couple of years of AD. If he can get some of that to Aiden, like, hey, these are the kind of plays we'd run for AD. But you got to get in the lab and work on turning over each shoulder, baseline, or. Well, hopefully uh, Frank Vogel gets a bench. You know, hopefully they get a better bench. Because that's like start number one. You just gotta, you just gotta honestly. I think the talent pool of NBA players, you just gotta play them. We see it with Highsmith. Just put them out there. Put them out there. Have them play this scheme. Like we talked about this before. It's like, why do you have fifteen dudes on the roster if six of them don't take their jackets? There's dudes that probably can come out. With no tape on their ankles, regular Air Force ones on, no uniform underneath, and we would have no idea because the coach mm-hmm. never calls on them. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching a like a TikTok video. I don't have TikTok. It was like on Instagram, and it was a guy from Minnesota, and he walked and he walked out some dude screen. How many minutes you gonna play tonight, my man? He looked four. And he just was like, 
<laughs> he just he just walked out and just did his warm up and sat down. It's like, so if you can get some of these guys, get them on the floor, uh, figure out a way to get Aiton offensively uh, viable. That way you can play Kevin Durant for 32 minutes the way they do with Giannis. How well, they have Bobby Portis in there taking like those jumpers and they have Brooke Lopez in there. Mm-hmm. And you could play Giannis for 32. If you could play Kevin Durant for 30 to 32 minutes, I mean, that could be huge. Mm-hmm. And that can, and, that can stretch him out. And my guy, Jock Landell, you know. Um, you know, so like, like I said, I think they need a bench because even with Devin Booker when he was on his tear and everything in those two games against Denver – one of those games was still sealed by my NBA 2K21 superstar. I had to go back. 21 <laughs> superstar Landry Shamit, you know, hitting a couple of threes. You know, uh, I don't know this Brooklyn trade that they made. I don't know how Brooklyn walked away with all that. <laughs> because if you think about the West, I think Phoenix knew they could beat Memphis. Mm -hmm. They probably felt like they could beat L.A. because L.A. was still fighting for the play-in. They felt like they were going to beat Minnesota. So anybody that was in a playoff hunt at the time of the trade, they felt like they could beat if they got Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And they made the move. Mm -hmm. We've seen for years that it it's not wise for a team to completely deplete their bench midseason. Right, right, right. I don't I don't know why they made the move. I don't know why someone didn't come in and say no, but they had new ownership. Mm-hmm. New ownership wants to make a splash because I just spent four and a half billion dollars on this team. I want to do the un the, I need the my ROI immediately. I need, I need my ROI <laughs> right now. You know, saying like I, well, you know, when I was looking at this, when I was thinking about this earlier, I thought to myself, can Devin George? I mean, Devin George. See, you already, you <laughs> another player, another player. Well, well, you already see where I'm about to go with this. Um, can Devin Booker get turn a little bit into a little Paul George? Can he add a little Paul George to his game? That's how so. Just from the standpoint of, I think he's a better creator than some people realize. But, you know, I think he could take his game. Because Chris Paul's old. You know, Chris Paul's, Chris Paul's even, out of there, though, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's probably going to be, gotta be out, out of there. there. He, he's got to be. And if he, But if he's not, you know, either way, Devin Booker probably needs the ball in his hands even more than it already is. But can he add that? Paul George defense as well because Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel, you know, that's where I remember him getting the start was with the Pacers and they were challenging the heat, you know, in the East, you know, Miami, except for the part where Miami disrespected them and was like, we don't even care about home court. We'll take these last couple games off and you have it and they still beat them. But, but, but he got that team to that point. And when we look back at that team, 
I'm not sure that team was really that good. I mean, Roy Hibbert, you know, was there and everything. So, so Frank Vogel obviously can coach. Then he had the thing in Orlando. I don't even know what happened there, but that didn't last. I don't know long. if anybody succeeds besides Disney or Orlando. Yeah, and 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 then <laughs> and and then of course he won the title with the Lakers, you know, and they had a little bit of KCP mixed in there. They had some Kuzma mixed in there. He got fired from LA because of Russell Westbrook, you know, like. Palinka's bad move, but Palinka makes nothing but bad moves. You know, but you can't fire him. Like they people keep fronting, like oh, I would have given him an executive a year. No. No, Palinka no. can't fire himself. So Frank Vogel was the next best thing. You know, so I think this is a good move for Phoenix moving forward because I think that Monty Williams took them as far as he could. Not because he's not a good coach, but I just think that. These things only last but so long, you know, because they just made the finals two years ago. They weren't making the finals this year. And not only that, but they had that 2 0 lead. But so when we look at these collapses that you talked about, you said it, you know, you brought it up. They were down 30 at the half against Dallas last year. You know, they were down at 50, they were down 50 at one point. You know, the score yeah, was and, 77 to 27 at one point, right? And, yeah, and, if and I'm where, not mistaken, it was something like that. And where were these, where were both of these games at? These games in were Phoenix. in the Valley, you know, so Monty Williams, I think he had to go. I don't necessarily think he needed to be fired, but just putting it all together, I can understand why. Ways. Yeah. I, yeah. Something like that. They agreed you know? to part ways. <laughs> something like that. But, uh, but I think Vogel, you know, like I said, I think it's going to be roster construction. You know, they're going to have to get some pieces in there because Monty Williams was playing Durant and Booker. They both averaged over 43 40, minutes yeah 40 minutes 40 yeah in, in the playoffs and these weren't games where it's like hey it's game six and we're up three two let's just push and get out of here like these were like every night against the clippers without Kawhi, without paul george so that team needs something they need to be injected with some kind of infusion or something or, or maybe the kevin durant <laughs> needs to play more than eight games you know with the team before the playoff starts i mean I don't. I don't think the amount of games he played before the playoffs start. I just thought that they just didn't have realistic. They just didn't have enough bodies. No, I know. But when you going up against a team like Denver, you talked about their chemistry earlier, and you know the continuity. If they were able to keep, like, I don't know if Brooklyn would have gone for this, but if they were able like to keep maybe Cam Johnson, maybe somehow they can keep Mikel Bridges and still make the Kevin Durant trade. Yeah, like, I don't know. Happen. I don't know if you I don't know if you can do that. I don't know what you could have done. They would have asked for Kevin Booker. They would have asked for Devin Booker. That's what they would have did. I mean I probably would have <laughs> I probably would have swung Aiton in that trade and kept Bridges. But I think, you can start I think Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn if likes, you're not gonna run any plays for Aiton. I think Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn would have taken DeAndre Aiton. Well, I think Brooklyn likes Claxton already. I think they like him. So I don't know if they yeah. would have taken Aiton. But I think you could put one at the four, one at the five. Because they had Aiden. no size in Brooklyn. And the, the biggest issue they had was like they couldn't defend the rim. Like that was their that definitely the made entire the time Kyrie was there. That would have made they the Philly series interesting. So, and then Mikael Bridges, like, I th- I think you could have probably made that deal with Aiden and kept Mikael Bridges in hindsight. Granted, hindsight is 2020. Because mm-hmm. so, if, if you're literally not going to run anything for Aiden, then why do you have him? So, Monty Williams, huh? You know, um, 
not quite he didn't win an NBA championship, but you know, he did take the Suns to the finals, like we mentioned. He did we'll take championship level coach. He he did he did take the Pelicans to the Western Conference Finals when they ran into the great the late great Kobe Bean Bryant, you know, and lost in six games. That was I think I believe that was the year after or the year it was either the year before or after the whole Chris Paul to the Lakers the trade. Trade debacle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. After. No, yeah. it was it was before. Yeah, it was right in that window because though. the um, trade, the tree, he got, he went to the Clippers right after they kiboshed the Lakers one. Mm-hmm. So the Lakers so, trade got deaded by Stern, and then the Clippers one went through in that same offseason. Yeah, so two-time coach of the year, five-time coach of the month, respected around the league. Detroit. I don't know how they gave him that much money though, because they're Detroit. I mean, the Knicks did that with uh, Phil Jackson with the that advisory well, player personnel president job where he got paid like twelve million. I think he was like five years. It was like five years, sixty million or something like that. Hey, Detroit ain't they're a basketball hungry city that ain't been shit since we were wearing BDUs. Yo, that's a long time. <laughs> I was talking about beating you yesterday. Because think about time. it. This is 2023. That title was 2004. And they had like another two to three year run after that. You know, they, they went, went to, to game Eastern seven. They went to game seven with the Spurs. Seven. Uh-huh. They went to game seven with the Spurs. And then LeBron happened. And then that was the end of their chapter. Yeah. So LeBron happened in 07. And, and then it, it got wrapped up after that. Yeah. And Detroit hasn't done anything since. So it's I, bad contracts. That's but, a bad contract. Yeah. Bad contract. Bad Jeremy contract. Grant, you know, but, but when we're Blake looking Griffin. at Detroit, Blake Griffin, but when we're looking at Detroit, they got Kate Cunningham. They got uh, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duren. They got the number five pick in this draft. Is it know? five or four? Might they should. They were in line for two or three, right? Like yes, they, well, they, 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 they were in line for number one. They had the third best odds to get one. Yeah. And they ended up outside of the three because Charlotte got two. No, I was right. I was right. It was five. Yeah, five. Yeah, Houston got four. Houston was four. So, uh, yeah, I was right. So, um, so yeah, so they got the fifth pick in this draft. Maybe they can move that if somebody's willing and maybe get a vet in there or something. But they they got some talent. They got James Wiseman, you know, a failed Golden State fame. So, you know, they got talent up and down the roster. I think they just they need somebody that can cook players. It. I don't know if you have talent. I think you got young players. Well, I think Kate Cunningham is. Well, they got two point guards that aren't can, point guards. This is well, and Ivy and Cunningham. They're yeah. both point guards. Neither one of them play the point. Like they don't well, I, run well I, think Kate, I think Cade is more point than Jaden. I think Jaden's one of those dudes that is a scorer, but he's scorer, little. Yeah. 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 So I think it could work. I think for lack of better words, I think it could work. But I think, but I think that Monty is the right type of coach because they had Dwayne Casey, you know, who is now upstairs in the front office. Can you, you look, come think about this though? You just got fired from a job and they bring in a new guy and pay him a hundred million dollars to do your job. And they move you up in the like, nah, fire me because like I said, NBA coaches' contracts are guaranteed. So if he had a five-year, $40 million contract, fire me. You still got to pay <laughs> me that money. I'm not going to come help you, and then you replace me with a guy and pay him $100 million. Like, nah. Right, right. Like, like, I'm a coach of the year, too, that. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, you burn a bridge and expect me to send a yacht. Like, nah, what so, do you do that at? So, so you know, Frank Vogel, so Frank Vogel, 
the expectation is going to be championship. Not necessarily because he's a championship coach, but just because of the players that they have. What are we expecting or wanting if we look at Detroit, say, three, four years from now? 37 wins annually. In three years? In 37? 45. Okay. Okay. But not in the play-in, right? <laughs> well, the East plan was I don't think those teams were below 500. I think Miami yeah. was close, right? They're like 41 and 41 or 42 and 40. Atlanta was just yeah. Uh, I think yeah. the Atlanta was like 41 and 4. I think they were like average the entire season like every month. They 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 like they were 500 basketball team every single month. It was some crazy stat. And they had like the same amount of like points. It was well, some I know, crazy, just coincidence with as far as points. Well, so well, Detroit, that, you figure you get them. I mean, like I said, twenty teams make the playoffs essentially with the. the well, the I know that the playing. NBA doesn't really care about divisions, but just for the sake of conversation, you know, Milwaukee's probably still got another two to three years left to try to win a title. Cleveland is up and coming, you know, if they can get a bigger guard and, you know, cause they, I don't think they can last very long with Garland and Mitchell. So they got to probably get a bigger guard in there. That's a, that's solid. I mean, they're both what six, three, six, four, maybe, but you don't like no one, but no one's running around with six, six guards anymore. You know, Everybody's you got running around with six, six, eight, <laughs> but you know, that's, but, 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 why oh, let me let me get through my exercise here. No let, reason. Me, let me get through my <laughs> exercise here. So you so you know you got Indiana, you know, with uh Tyrese Halliburton, who I love. They've been trying to get rid of Buddy Hield and Miles Turner. So, you know, who knows what happens there? They're, and they have the number seven pick. You know, then you got Chicago, who I don't know what they doing. I guess they gotta Just get rid of bad checks. They gotta get rid of Zach Levine. They, they gotta get rid of Zach Levine at some point. Um, Vucevic is probably going to be out of there, I'm guessing, this offseason, potentially. And then after next season, I'm guessing Billy Donovan's out of there. So so Detroit's in a position where, at least in their division, they can be the third best team. But the problem is, even with all the turmoil of the other teams, you still have to have – you have to have a, some players on your team, at least one player – that is your guy. They got Bodanovich. Like, even if you even if you're not a even if you're not a great team, like Orlando has Pablo Banchero. Uh-huh. Um, Milwaukee obviously has Giannis. Phoenix has Booker. Uh the the Clippers went healthy. They got Kawhi Leonard. You know, Chicago has DeMar DeRozan, even though you're not a big fan of him. The Knicks have Brunson. You know, like you, you need a guy on your team that is the guy that you can base your identity around. I'm not sure if Detroit has identified that guy yet. No, and they probably haven't. It might take this year to even figure that out. Well, well, also, maybe some, maybe somebody, maybe this Jaden Ivy guy, like in the off season, they work it and they figure, okay. All right, he's he's the guy, or Cunningham is the guy, or Wiseman is the guy. Okay, Cunningham, but until they Kay figure Cunningham, that out, okay, they're gonna be thirty also, and fifty-two next year. Okay, Cunningham also out. got hurt very early in the season too, so that didn't help either. Yeah, so I'm know? saying so, like even with the injuries, but even even with injuries, 
we know Dame Lillard's the guy in Portland. Yeah, he played 12 games this year. You know what I mean? So and that and that's the thing. So you have like if you look at Oklahoma City, you got SGA, and they're bringing in they got Giddy, who's playing like he's playing like a guy. And then you got Chad Holmgren, he's coming in. Granny misses whole rookie year playing the exhibition game out in LA. But you know, maybe he put on a little weight, maybe he put on eight to twelve pounds, maybe got, got a little bigger. Well, you know, I was reading about his rivalry with Wimbenyama, so that's gonna be interesting. I mean, two dudes, fifteen feet tall, about four hundred pounds. <laughs> Just think about if it was a think about a person that's fifteen feet you know tall. Saying Los Higantes. that only weighs like four hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, Los like, just think about that realistically. Like a stop sign is like eight feet. But yeah, so so I don't know. Like I think Monty Williams is going to come with some form, of, especially with that money. He's going to come with some form of expectation. So somebody's they're going to have to get rid of somebody. Maybe Wiseman's on the move again. I I think what what he has the benefit that he has is that his contract is so ridiculous that. <laughs> It it would literally if you don't give him three full seasons and half of that you know three full seasons and thirty six million dollars out of this seventy two you're wasting your money so he has two hundred and forty games two hundred and forty six games to figure mm-hmm. out can you get to one forty six and one hundred right like, can you play can you get to that because you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of him before three years and pay him thirty six plus. Mm-hmm. You know, you fire him in the middle after two seasons. You're probably gonna get a pretty good player at five. Like we talked about, maybe one of the twins from the OTE. But see, that's just maybe, another guard, but that's just another guard. Maybe you can go, maybe you can move up and get Brandon Miller. Maybe you get somebody to put a video on his Twitter of him smoking weed and he drops you at five. Whatever you got to do, maybe Cam, you got to make, I'm, I'm thinking make maybe a deal can. with Portland, hmm. make I an think, exchange, and, and do, you got to do something. If you're I'm thinking maybe Cam Whitmore. On a coach. I'm thinking Cam Whitmore or Jarris Walker. Yeah, so like even with that, if but if you if you want if you're if you're paying that much money to a coach, you got to make a personnel. You got to make one to two, maybe even three personnel moves mm-hmm. that match this level of financial commitment because you can't you can't just make this commitment with what you currently have yeah, th- and expect what you currently have to match up to this financial commitment. I think a team. I think a team that feels they're a few steps away might take a flyer, you know, high risk, high reward on Wiseman if you wanted to trade Wiseman. I think that because, you know, big men just move around, they get chances. Um, I think that I think that a contender might come after Bogdanovich. And maybe you can fleece a contender, at least for draft picks, if nothing else, you know, but the time is now. Monty Williams is there. By the time we finish next season and going into his second season, it's playoff time. It's playoff time. It's that simple. And you think, when, you think you think he has one season to fill it out, like the first I round think, boxing match. I think with the money two, that they're, pay, I think with the money that they're paying him, that's what they're expecting. Yeah, but like I said, we have to be. They have to make a player. If they don't make a, a personnel move, that's commiserate with this money. 
then they shouldn't expect anything. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to give a guy twelve million dollars to coach a team that you currently have, then you are you're willing you're willing to sacrifice twenty four to thirty six million of that seventy two mm-hmm. in hopes that he can get that group better. But unless they go out and package a number five pick and Wiseman and some other players and bring in Dame Lillard or package Cunningham and something and move him somewhere and bring in <clears throat> and like bring in some maybe mm-hmm. a couple unhappy players. Maybe you take a flyer on Kyrie. I know only a few teams really have that cap money, but Detroit's one of them. Maybe you move Wouldn't Cunningham draft night. You you might have to just go if you're gonna like I said, if you're gonna overpay the coach twelve million dollars, then you might have to pay Kyrie three years, one hundred thirty million. But when the hell when the hell is Toronto going to hire a coach? Uh, they probably gonna just get Boonozer, <laughs> just a full well, on. Well, he's not. Well, he's not. Them... He's not one of the finalists that I saw. You know, um, it looks like they're going with some young guys. So that's probably going back to your point. That's probably why they fired Nick Nurse because maybe they're going to have the fire sale and get everybody out of there because Van Vliet's probably not going to be back. You know, you got to make a decision. Like, are you going to get rid of OG or Siakam or both? You know, it's, it's Tom in Toronto. That championship team, once Kawhi was gone, the championships were gone. So, you know, what do you do now? The one and done. What do you do now? So while Toronto's trying to find a coach a new home, it's time to find DeAndre Hopkins a new home. I'm surprised nobody signed him yet. I know uh, from what I was reading, it looks like Buffalo and Kansas City don't have the money. You know, they yeah. would have to move a lot of things around. The number, the number that I had heard, he was owed 19 million, I believe, from Arizona because we we talked about this in one of our earlier shows. So I think he was old, already owed 19 million, but his cap hit was going to be crazy. That's why we're, I was saying, like, you can't release him, you can't cut him. But Odell Beckham getting 18 million, he didn't play at all last year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's because I, I was listening to the Rich Eisen show the day he got released. Because Rich Eisen was like, he was like, what? Like, he's like, read this again. He was like, can we verify this Twitter? Because <laughs> he's like, you never know now because everybody pays for the check marks. He's like, right. Can we verify this is a real thing? <clears throat> And the argument was between teams and trade talks was to trade DeAndre Hopkins to any team, mm-hmm. get a fourth, fifth round pick, maybe a second, whatever you were asking for, you had to, the team had to agree to the contract. Mm-hmm. DeAndre would have to agree to rework the contract. Right. And neither one of those things happened. Mm-hmm. So Arizona sitting there with, a team that talent wise is a number three pick at worst or best, whatever words you want to use. Like I can't, I can't see them with that roster without their starting quarterback with the new head coach, no real identity defensively, no weapons offensively 17 games. I mean, do you see three and 14? Possibly Two and fifteen, likely new new quarterback playing against Sacra- San Francisco's defense uh, That's twice. Two games, you two know, games Seattle. Rams, two games mm-hmm. against Seattle. That's six already. Out of, 
That's six <laughs> losses right there. Uh, I don't even know. I have no. I haven't even heard a name of the guy that they are going to start at QB. I don't know if Colt McCoy is still on the roster, but if he he's the type of guy that he'll he'll win you a game. He'll make some kind of move where you could potentially get a win with Colt McCoy. But mm-hmm. without a real weapon on the outside, you know, so teams have to do nothing but put eight guys in the box and just beat your brakes out. So they gave Khaled this extension last year. This year is getting paid. I think this year is getting paid. Mm-hmm. And everyone's talking about the NFL. You can't really tell guys are out there. It's essentially auditioning mm-hmm. for another team. So guys going to play hard because you can't play passive. It's Kyler Murray. Towards ACL in December. Best case back. scenario, he, he he's not coming back. Yeah, like, he even if, back. He, if his doctor told him one year and he wanted to rush it and he rushed it to 10 months, that puts him at October. They're probably already 0 and 6, 0 and 7 mm-hmm. by mid October. He's like, why am I going to rush back for a team? Not like he can run off 10 wins in a row. So. You got Caleb Williams potentially sitting there as your number one quarterback or Drake May or what these other guys that so Kyler Murray could be on the move. So mm. I think they just were just like, you know what? We're gonna cut bait mm. with everything. The whole Josh Rose and Steve Kirk thing that they did a few years ago. Yeah. So, so DeAndre Hopkins probably saw the writing on the wall and he was like, Yeah, I'm not restructuring because then they were gonna trade him to get whatever best deal they could for the team. Right. Right. So he did what Derek Carr did. Like, you know, I don't think that's a good thing for me and my family because they because the Raiders were trying to do the same thing with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's mm-hmm. restructure it. And nah, I don't think that's a good idea for me and my family. And he got to pick his team. Yeah. So it's going to be either Colt McCoy or fifth round draft pick Clayton Toon out of the University of Houston. So it's going to be one of those two. Those are the only other quarterbacks on the roster as of this moment. And you I don't, I can't think of any other team that could be worse than three and 14. Yeah. So, so it sounds like for all intents and purposes, it sounds like Buffalo is out. Uh, Kansas city is probably out, even though that would probably be the best place, obviously. Man, they can make it work. Cause I think Mahomes is talking about restructuring his deal. after all these guys started getting paid. And then for some reason, the was in the discussion and I didn't understand that one, you know, but I myself, and I know, you know, Commander Nation is going to kill me for this one. <coughs> I thought, why not the Giants? I I, I think every team, realistically, if you have, if you have a bona fide one and a good two, then DeAndre Hopkins is a good option because he can come in and be your definitive two and your good two can be your great slot receiver. Mm -hmm. So any team that is in that situation, you know, personally as a Falcons fan, I think we have a good young one that could be an up and coming one with DeAndre playing the two, but getting, the you know, Ritter's going to have to throw it to somebody. Mm-hmm. But I don't see DeAndre Hopkins wanting to go to one of these startup teams. People are talking about the Jets. The Jets have too They got many. too much going on. Yeah, yeah. They have two. You you can't just run five wide 
all game long and Aaron Rodgers throws 60 passes and your five wide receivers get 10 catches each. Like it just is unlikely. It'll just be more turmoil than success. All right. So let's do it. So we're going to go NFC East. Yeah. Dallas. No, because no, they just picked up. Well, they just picked up Brandon Cooks as well, and they still got Gallup. So Philly has a bona fide one and two or one and one. I've heard Philly is a sleeper, but I don't I don't buy it. Yeah, but they run the ball a lot. They Mm -hmm. run it with the quarterback. They run it with the running backs. They throw to the tight end Mm -hmm. and they have A.J. Brown. Yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, You know, Washington, no. Washington, no, because I don't think he'd want to go there. No, not not with Sam Howell, at least. You know, um, we got McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, you know, so, you know. Uh, The Giants, I like the Giants because I was looking at their list of receivers and nobody stands out, but... I had forgot that they signed Paris Campbell from Indianapolis. So, and they drafted Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. So they're probably not. I, I think he could still go there. They still got Darius Slayton. They still got yeah, Isaiah. Too much. They still got Isaiah uh, Hodgkins. They got. Uh, I was about to say. I think yeah. yeah they got Crowder. Um, they got Wandale Robinson, who they just drafted two or three years ago. That hasn't you know got a lot of time yet. So. I think the Giants are a good spot if they're serious about winning and helping Daniel Jones out because they had one of the worst receiving cores in the playoffs last year. Yeah, but does he really make the receiving core better? Because like, Well, I don't know. Daniel Jones got to throw the ball for us to find out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it wasn't like – it didn't seem like Daniel Jones and the Giants offense had a lot of outside-the-number routes. Right. So you get a guy who just left the team that was essentially going to go nowhere to join a team that might go halfway. I mean, granted, they were a playoff team last year, but I mean, what are you going to go? Are you going to go 10 and seven this year? Maybe he's, I think it's realistically, we go AFC yourself, go NFC East. The Washington probably has the best. Not with, not with those because, quarterbacks because they don't have they don't have the wide receiver depth. But so not he with, can come not with in those quarterbacks and, though. He ain't gonna come. He can come in. Aaron and uh, old boy can move to the slot. You go NFC South. The Warlands. Maybe. I don't know what's up with Michael Thomas. I don't know if he's gonna ever. Play. You know, if he's just going to keep getting checks. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad spot. I mean, obviously, Dark Carr, Dark Carr isn't the, you know, cooler than the other side of the pillow or anything. But, I mean, he's a decent Derek enough Carr's quarterback. A, I think I think Derek Carr's a good quarterback. I, I think, think he's a good quarterback, too. I think he has a great temperament. I think he, he's very even keeled. I think he likes having a big target. He looks for the big target. Waller, it was games where Waller got 20 targets. Oh, yeah, and the Giants got Waller. The Giants you know, got so, Waller. So, yeah, like, yeah so that, that's going to take targets away from so that wouldn't work. Uh, Carolina, but their quarterback situation is just as, you know. I shall call him uns- mini-me. Just as – it's not as stable. It's just as unstable as the Arizona situation. Like I said, Atlanta is – 
if he wanted if he wanted to go somewhere and be like if he wanted to go to a team and get them over the hump, the proverbial hump, Washington, Atlanta, the, even the Giants, just one of these teams is like, I'm gonna do what what Stefan Diggs did when he went to Buffalo and all of a sudden Josh Allen's numbers skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. You go to Atlanta and now Desmond Ritter's probably Desmond Ritter's probably projected realistically over 17 games to get you about 3,200 yards, 20 touchdowns, nine or ten picks, like realistically. And then you uh, get DeAndre Hopkins, he gets he's projected over four, four thousand yards, 20, 26, 27 touchdowns. And then, I don't know uh, if he does it though. Minnesota doesn't need him. Minnesota doesn't need him. Jordan Love ain't getting him. Jordan Love, yeah, he's not going to if Green, Green Bay. Bay. Didn't get receivers for Aaron Rodgers. They're not getting receivers for Jordan Love. I think realistically, we can probably, like, we can go through all the divisions. I like Pittsburgh, you know, but Pittsburgh don't typically do things like that. Pittsburgh doesn't do things like that, and the quarterback play, the quarterback play, he would have to have the mindset of watch what I do for the quarterback versus. I need to go to a place where the quarterback can do for me. And realistically, there's only a few places. Well, New, New England Chargers, entered the chat. New England entered the chat. Mac Jones, it's, it's the same thing. He would be – got to keep in mind, he spent a few years in Houston. But he's got to go where the money – he's got to go where the money is. I think he can go for $6 million to Deshaun, Kansas City. Deshaun said come on to Cleveland. Once again – you would be going somewhere and <laughs> hoping that your presence makes the team better versus this quarterback made me like I'm going to a made guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Chargers, if they can fit the space, I know they, they're always in love and out of love with Keaton Allen. I know Mike Williams is always he always has a back injury, it seems like. So that'd be a, a viable option. But it's going to be somewhere where the team is top six in the league. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go. He's not going to go to a rebuild. Because, <laughs> he, he, like I said, he, if he didn't spend all those years catching passes from guys like TJ Yates and Matt Schaub and Tom Savage before they got Deshaun Watson, if he didn't spend those years, basically his early part of his prime, he was getting – he had like Julio Jones numbers, but Julio mm-hmm. Jones had Matt Ryan every single week mm-hmm. for all those years. Four Pro and Bowls and had three All-Pros. Brock Osweiler throwing him passes. At Brock one Asswater, yeah. So it's just like I don't think he's interested in doing – because he probably felt like Kyler Murray was one of these early Houston guys. Like, yo, you're not any better. Because I saw a couple <laughs> what of – What about um, the hell, Murray? The hell, yeah he 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 caught it in triple coverage. That was that was DeAndre Hopkins. That wasn't a Kyler Murray threw had a great throw. I'm not going to knock the throw. Yeah, I was about to say somebody had to get the ball there. (laughs) Any quarterback, any quarterback can make a great throw into triple coverage, and it it would get knocked down. Like you can make those hell Mary throws are miraculous. They're 65, 68, 70 yards in the air. Some of these throws. They're great throws, but they're in a triple quadruple coverage, more likely to get knocked down. The catch in that sequence was better because 
nine times out of ten, that pass gets knocked down. Yeah. But he legit could caught you, it you imagine between six a, hands. Could you imagine being a receiver? <laughs> could you imagine being a receiver going for a Hail Mary and you got Megatron back there playing defense? Yo, been when Gronk <laughs> stumbled in Miami scored. Sometimes yeah. it's just like I think coaches overdo it. Like, Joe, just keep the safety out there. Yeah. But I, I mean, are you surprised though that nobody signed them? Because I'm legit surprised that nobody signed them yet. I'm not surprised because like I like I think there's only there's probably only I don't know what he said publicly. I haven't heard an interview or read any real quotes, but there's realistically, like I said, if, if I look back, if if we look at his track record, we look at his age, and we look at what he can still do. You, the one of the top six teams like Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, maybe Oakland. I'm not sure how he feels about Garoppolo as a passer. Man, if he goes to Baltimore, how about that for a turnaround at receiver? It, it would be a no excuses situation, but they don't have like I don't know how much money you pay per position. I don't know how to allocate that. Like I said, I'm looking for internships and somebody wants to have me come on and teach me how you work the salary cap. But I imagine that you're probably not going to spend $37 million on two wide receivers who played less than 10 games last season out of a potential. Between the two of them, they could have played 34 games. Well, yeah, his last full season was 2020. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm not sure if you, you're spending $37 million because he's going to want 19 to $20 million. You know, Odell got 15 with the with the potential bonus and get up to 18 So he's going to want at least that. So $36 million for this position. Yeah, it looks good on Madden. It looks legit where you could just have OBJ on one side and DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. But realistically, I think his agent – going to sit down because Kansas City is the team that makes the most sense for him because he would be a bona fide number one. He would be at with a great organization, with a good defense, and a great quarterback. So I think he goes there for $6.5 million or whatever number they can give him if they call him. And then Kansas City wins the Super Bowl again? Well, they definitely uh, convert a lot of third and eights mm-hmm. with ease between Kelsey <laughs> and yeah. yeah, and you add him. <clears throat> and then, like I said, and people talk about like, you have your young wide receivers, got Kadarius Tony. You can just have him in the slot doing all the Debo Samuel stuff. You can have him. You can have him run those deep crossing routes that Tyreek used to run, and the ones I thought McCall Harmon was gonna run, but for some reason. He he just looked like he just never was participating in the football game. He's having like one of those one of those guys that just was just he just was fast. He played football and he just kept playing because he just he's like, they always wanted career. him on the team. He's having an interesting career. Go from Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but he's like the reverse. He's like the reverse of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, but he's going to be fifth. He won't get on the field. He might be sixth. Nah, yeah. He, <laughs> Real, if he gets 17 catches this year, I'd be surprised. 17? He, I watched him in Kansas City literally just not because I like that. That game, you know, we stream all the games. 
I watch a lot of Kansas City games. I watch. Hey, I will have you games, know that I watch network TV. Yeah, I'm streaming all day. <laughs> iPad, iPhone, laptop, all of that. I'm streaming multiple games at once. I'm chilling. He just it seemed like his speed, his speed it's probably on I won't say on par because like Tyreek Hill just had like a just a different gear. Mm-hmm. But he definitely had the speed to take the top off the defense. Well, you know, if he ain't and I've never Tyree- seen him even run run those routes, like those deep over routes where you just need the quarterback rolls out and then the court the wide receiver has to come all the way across the field. Well, he said that if he ain't faster than Tyreek, he the closest one. Well, he put zero effort into it. It seemed like it just it just seemed like he just wasn't as active in that aspect of the passing game. So when right. when she goes to yeah, so like I said, like 17 catches, realistically. Yeah, I we'll see. You yeah. know, a, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins to the Chiefs. It probably happened after once so, somebody gets hurt somewhere. One of these top teams. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling it, but somebody turf toe, some kind of injury. Once that happens, and someone has to call him and they give him a number, hey, we'll give you 12 million. Then he'll call an, his agent to call another team. Like, hey. We just got a call from the Chargers. They're looking at fourteen to fifteen million for my guy. So they usually do have a receiver hurt, even when it ain't Mike Williams. Keenan it, Allen gets hurt too. Whoever has soon as he soon as his agent gets a call, it's go time. Oh, what a segue that was. Good job. Yeah. Going, coming and going. Shannon Sharp. Leaving undisputed, getting bought out from Fox. He's going to be there through the NBA Finals. You know, a lot of things is happening around the NBA Finals. We got to wait for the finals to end just for John Morant suspension. You yo, figure out what that you, is. It's about like, to be bananas. Yo, the finals is like, I don't even know. Like, you know, the finals is in the way. Hurry up, Denver. I you wonder know. how heavy that table is, Shed and, and Skip sit at. Because <laughs> if it's flippable, you know. Put your glasses on, man. Put your glasses on. Put your glasses back on. (laughs) When he said that, I was like, yeah, he's done. Listen, (laughs) because one thing I know, all right, I'm from Virginia, so people say it's not really the South. Uh, It's it's like mixed. Like like I I describe it to people all the time. We're like light-skinned kids. We're right in the middle, so you you have your Southern things I love. Like I love going home, get my aunt's fried chicken and the greens. Literally, every time I come home, it's probably – chicken just on paper towels on the stove or some bread every time or somebody's ready to fry it up or i I took my girlfriend home i'm like you never had a fried egg and cheese bologna sandwich so we fired (laughs) that up so like i get that part but the thing about like southern men and this is black men white men but southern men have like a i'm gonna respect you because you're a man and I expect you to respect me as a man and I'm a ride for you as a man. That's why like these Southern football teams just stay together. It just, this, this thing they just have this camaraderie, this, this, this ideology of just manhood that Tom Brady. So what hall of fame argument when Shannon said, you'll take a personal shot at me. Like you're supposed to, you're, I'm your co-worker. I'm your co-host. We work together. 
I think they, their show started like 2016. So this was late 2022. So, you know, we're over six years working together, this proximity through COVID, you know, all the time we spent together. And you're going to take a personal shot at me. On top of the fact, he was like, I'm in the Hall of Fame. You talk about me like I'm a bum. I'm in a Hall of Fame. And he says, so what? Like, that so what went back to he started playing football at eight years old. And he worked all the way up to 35 and, you know, retired, won three Super Bowls and went to the Hall of Fame. He's like, out of Savannah State. (coughs) You this seventh, seventh round pick, you discounted my entire life for that point. 27 years of my hard work. <coughs> his brother having a neck injury, like that, that that family ingrained all the stuff he put into football, and you disregard that just to appease Tom Brady in a proverbial argument. When all I said he was playing, well, then go bad. get Tom Brady to sit in this chair. He was done. He was done. I he probably had he probably was done before then, but publicly. They didn't you can't admit that it's it's nothing that Skip can say in an apology that can mend what he said. Not, still, not a thing he can believe, say to him. I still can't believe he got away with calling this dude Bosch Spice. Like Skip be straight up disrespectful, man. Like I don't know how it, <coughs> you, you that's know. comedic. It's I mean petty, it's petty and and it's one thing, but if he flat out said, if Chris Bosch was on there, it was like, yeah, I won two NBA championships, and he's screaming in his face, so what? If you didn't have LeBron, you wouldn't have done anything in your whole career. Then that's like, all right, you that's personal. You got some petty nickname for me, whatever. You can dislike me at work, whatever. But if you go to leadership and say, I heard Raphael did this, then like okay now you you're now you're trying to adversely bother me. You can not like me and that's fine. You can have a little petty nickname for me with your friends and that's fine. But once you cross the line of I'm going to verbally disrespect you, publicly disrespect you, then it's like okay. Shannon did a great job of keeping it together, but I can Yo, I can tell from you, then he started getting a lot of money for club shape. Well, well, you know what the like, worst was the when. Um, Demar Hamlin, when that happened, and Skip, you know everybody overreacted. I said it, overreacted to his tweet, and Shannon got on TV. People took the tweet out of context. Yeah, they definitely did, just because of who it was. And you know, <laughs> Shannon started the show trying to have an epilogue or whatever, and Skip's like jumping in, and he's like, "I can't even get through the epilogue, Skip. I can't even." You know, and uh, you like, "Go ahead, Jenny." Go, yeah, go I remember that. Yeah, that uh, was that was on some. You lucky that this camera is on. You're lucky that you know a woman is sitting right here. You're man. lucky that we're in the studio because he says something else to skip in my career. He he because he, uh, he cause skip for for the most part he's one of those people that's like I think he's smart. I think he's a smart person. I don't want to diminish his intelligence. But his accountability for his analysis is completely just non-existent. Mm-hmm. So in that the tweet argument, Shannon said, I know people in the building wanted you to take it down. So obviously somebody had a problem with it. 
Because I think because Skip was trying to make it seem like oh, oh he was like, and you could just see he was like, you know what? I'm done with this show. So I'm just gonna say it. You know, like when you're done with a relationship, he's gonna say, like, you know what? Yeah, your ankles are fat. I don't care. Deal with it. Either do some squats. Don't wear those stripes. Don't eat the, don't wear these stripes. Don't eat these thin mints, whatever. Like you just so done. You just say whatever's on your mind. You there's no tack. He was like, I know people in the building want you to take it down. So obviously somebody had a problem with that tweet, but go ahead, skip. And he sat back in his chair and I was like, Yeah, he's done. But on top of that, the show has been so bad for the last about two years. Let me think. Oh, no. It's longer than that. But I mean, like, bad to the point where... As soon as LeBron went to the Lakers, it was over. I think even... Well, so we had the COVID. We had COVID that kind of, like, spaced it out and gapped it out. And then I know, but, had, like... Then we had Giannis play so well. So I think we, we had more stuff to talk about. The NFL was pretty interesting. But they just didn't, though. Like, that's the thing. We had these things, but they just didn't do it. The cow, the Cowboys were good, so those conversations were relevant. The, the problem we started having, because you and I started having these conversations last couple of years, because I've been taking my trips back and forth to Pittsburgh, so I've been calling you a lot more since about 2020. We've been having, like, those those conversations yeah. on those trips. So we're going on yeah. about two and a half, three years. Yeah. They would have a segment between the two of them talking about Dallas, and they'll talk about it for 20 minutes, and then they'll have a Lakers segment, and then they'll have a Tom Brady segment, and then they'll bring somebody on to Eric talk Dickerson. about the Lakers, yeah. and then they'll bring Eric Dickerson on to talk about the Cowboys and the Rams, a little bit of the Rams, a lot of the Cowboys. Or if the Rams played the Cowboys, shut it down. Yeah, then they had Greg Jennings just just for some Aaron Rodgers. On Anytime top. Aaron Rodgers was a conversation, yeah, yeah, Greg Jennings. But they would have their own conversation for 20 minutes and then bring some, like, listen, we're not going to bring on another person to talk about this in an hour from now after we say everything we say over the next 20 to 25 minutes. Like, it doesn't right. make any sense. So they were doing that so much, it got to the point where I was like, man, I'm I'm sick of watching these shows. So I started watching Odd Couple more and First Things First. And then that started becoming redundant. So like all the shows essentially on Fox, they have people that I like. I like watching them. I like their takes when they give takes, but Mm -hmm. it becomes redundant. And like I said, I heard earlier today, I, I can't source it. I apologize for that. But I guess Skip has had creative control the entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, how long are they going to talk about this segment? What segment is going to be? Well, as much and, as they're paying him, he has to. I mean, they talked about Baker Mayfield so much to the point where I knew when a Baker Mayfield segment was on, I was like, he was going to say that 14 game stretch when Baker was 11 and three and he won a playoff game. He won a playoff. Like, you need to win three or four to win a Super Bowl if you don't have home. Milk. Baker Mayfield went to Oklahoma. And he just he just kept pounding the table. And I think Shannon's like, dog, we're literally having if you and I were having the same conversation on this this podcast, we do a couple of times a week, I'd have been like, nah, I I I can't make it today, Mike. I'd I'd have an excuse. <laughs> and we only do it a couple of times a week. They do it five days a week, and they literally talk about the same eight things. 
Deshaun Watson had a whole sexual assault case <clears throat> with 27 <throat> women or something like that. Yeah, multiple. They would spend less time on that than they did on Mike McCarthy in the hot seat when the man is 24 and 10 and 10 and, years. And, he was on the hot seat. That's and, not even a right, realistic McCarthy. conversation. And Mike McCarthy don't look like what Skip wanted his coach to look like. Oh, yeah. Jenny was mad about that. <laughs> you can tell how many how many people don't come on the show anymore. Like, it has to be a real problem. Mm-hmm. It has to be a real problem because we've seen the whole first take, um, Stephen A. Smith. And, and we talked about this the other night when we were talking. He's like, he says it for shock value. But it's like, he doesn't say anything shocking. No, he doesn't say anything shocking. He just takes 2-5 and make it like 0-7. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, it's he just... ridiculous what he, I mean, like, and what he says is just, it's not even like good for like sports analysis is just all feelings. Like Tom Brady had a game. What was that the game? I think the game against the Rams where he had like a, a 12 passer rating up until like the last drive. And then they won the game. And I think it was, it might've been a game against some backups. Well, it was a game. I think it was a game against New Orleans. They had backups. It was. It was a game where, like, he. It was like some quarterback out of nowhere. It was oh the, the Arizona game when they were playing um the dude that went to Penn State, Sorley, oh, McSorley Trace or something. Trace McSorley, yeah, Trace yeah. McSorley. Yeah. And then they ended up pulling out the win. He was like, and Shannon was like, "Yo, he played terrible most of that game, and Arizona just gave the game away." Arizona was trying to give the game away the whole time. He was like, oh, you just hate him. Well, well, that sounds like uh, the the same arguments that he was having with Stephen A. about Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. Because he plays when the game is on the line, all he does is win. So so I salute salute Shannon Sharp for dealing with it that long, to be honest with you. Like, Shannon Sharp is, is a better man than I. His patience is just like he needs to write a book. Well, I'm sure the money was nice. I'm sure the money was, <coughs> nice, but, you know, uh, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But at some point, club, yeah, yeah Club point. Shay Shay has been rocking. So mm-hmm. I imagine that I guess that's under Fox and he's taking that with them. So, I mean, maybe it's a wise move where he just kind of built up his brand. Uh, and now he built all these relationships with current players and owners and Maddie Johnson and Steve Harvey and just other <coughs> excuse me I can't kick this cold at all apologies to the audience um maybe maybe he's done enough to where he was like all right I have enough either money in the bank or I have enough people that are willing to invest in me you know Steve Harvey's been in the radio for years mm-hmm. the radio game and that syndicated money is this that that's that Ryan Seacrest money. It's it's different. People don't think about it because it's radio, but rate if your radio show, like for instance, when when this podcast reaches a hundred thousand people twice a week, and we're selling ad space, we are selling ad space to two hundred thousand ears. 
that's huge. Imagine like a Pepsi advertisement popped in right now. You'd be right to 7-Eleven or even a 7-Eleven <laughs> advertisement, you know, or Monster or Red Bull. I, yeah. Red Bull. We have like I have stuff behind me and all, you know, so all this stuff that you see behind Mike, it'll switch up. And so now for two hours, you're watching us and you're seeing this advertisement money and you're buying stuff. They're sending us, you know, they might send us 10 grand. Whereas a commercial that reached a hundred thousand people might have cost them seventy five thousand at some point. But it's like, okay, cool, we'll give these two guys starting a podcast and grant. So Shannon's like, cool. I can go back to ESPN or I can go to radio or I can go straight to YouTube and get my deal. The audience is gonna follow me because people like I like Shannon. I like when he uses the saying what his grandfather's and his grandmother says and what his brother says and what his aunt says. I like Shannon. Um, and I like the the interview format that he that he has. I like the so I'd watch him on YouTube. Yeah, I watch. I watch yeah, yeah, I watch him more and Brooks. That's what I watch. You know, but yeah, like like Shannon has definitely carved out a space for himself. You know, he was always charismatic. You know, even back when he was on CBS, he was always charismatic. He always stood out. You know, the Southern drawl, you know, comes out and, you know. Like, I want my restitution. You know, he got he got some wisdom with it, you know. So, like, I've always been a Shannon Sharp fan. But I had to, I, for my own sanity, I had to stop watching Undisputed because I already got to deal with you being a LeBron fan. And I got to deal with all this stuff and listen to this stuff. every. It was poisoning me. I feel like it was literally poisoning me. And then we would get into the sports group. And then everything was like, you know. You you could talk about like, yo, John ja Morant bombed uh, elementary school, and it'd get like two comments, and then you you say LeBron name, and then it go like nine hundred comments, and I'm just like, bro, I can't do this no more. Like, I yo, they do like <laughs> what what start killing me. Like, listen, yes, I'm a LeBron fan, and Mike can talk all this nonsense, but you know, I, I hit him with gems because I don't hit him with emotions. I hit him with the I hit him with the facts because. That's just what I do, you know, Mr. Logical. I hit you with, I hit you with the facts. But they, when it got to the point where they were doing segments on tweets, I just was like, "Come on, man!" Like I get it, I get it. You know, you you need to talk about the polarizing players and the or the polarizing people in the mm-hmm. the space that you are, you know, reporting on. So if you're a political analyst, you're not going to skip episodes where you don't talk about Donald Trump Mm -hmm. or Barack Obama or Bush or Ron DeSantis at this point. Or you're going to talk about those talking points. It's just that talk about all of them. Don't give me 45 minutes on a Donald Trump tweet. They were like people. They did it when um, LeBron posted something on a story. I'm supposed to be number one on everybody's list. We'll see what happens when no longer exists. It's like he might have just been feeling that. Yes. And he knows when he tweets stuff out or he posts us Instagram, it's going mm-hmm. to be it's going to be like a four alarm fire, you know, in the reporting world. I want y'all to doubt it. my team. What was that one? I, I want y'all keep to keep that same. Keep, keep that, that same, same energy. <laughs> yeah. Washed King. But when he did watch King, he won a championship. So zero dark 30 won a championship. So sometimes it works, you mm-hmm. know, using, you know, social media platform. 
to express yourself, I get it. I'm not a feelings on. I'm not a feelings over social media guy. Like that's not my thing. I don't. If I'm feeling, if I'm feeling congratulatory, absolutely, I'm posting that. If I'm feeling thankful, like my retirement post was like funny. It was long. It was heartfelt. I had, like I mentioned, my teachers and my family. But that was my Air Force retirement post. Yeah. But if I'm just feeling down, I don't post stuff like, yo, people, people respect me if I was like, I'm not, I'm not one of those kind of people, but some people are. So I can't, I can't knock it, but I don't want to do 25 minute segments on it in June when the NBA finals is going on. I don't want to do a segment on that when baseball, you got Oakland A's moving to Vegas. And right now they're probably like 12 and 42, (laughs) you know, it's like, there's so much more to talk about. In regards to the sports world, you know, just because you said that, I'm gonna look it up because you know it's I'm probably, all about being so crazy. I know Pittsburgh is 12 and 47. Wow, 12 See, I gave him a little bit more credit. Hey, Pittsburgh, I will have you know the Pirates are only a half game out of first place. Yeah, but they were up for a while, and then they, yeah. they you know, it took them 29 a and 27. A little nosedive. But do you think they talked about the Pittsburgh Pirates on Undisputed? No, you know who they don't talk about, who they should talk about? They don't talk about the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who are now 40 and 18. They don't talk. And and I know Colin Cowherd on The Herd, he says, like, I don't talk a lot of hockey because my audience doesn't want I don't talk a lot of baseball. But I'm like, but you dictate what your audience gets. I'm not going to turn. I like you as a person. That's why I watch your show. I don't think you say anything more uh in depth about lebron or more in depth about tom or anybody else i like you as a person i like you guess you have on i like the format i like the flow that he has on the show like speak for yourself i don't i didn't like i don't like those shows because i don't like the the, the way the people kind of deliver i but think it's like- argumentative it just it's not really for me like acho when he was on there mm-hmm. if he's still on there marcellus wiley it just felt like it felt forced. It didn't feel natural. So I'm like, I can't, I can't. Well, that's, like, with it. that's why I like the odd couple. Cause they were talking the other day about, um, I guess Robert Horry, Robert Horry is going to be on the up, up and smoke podcast, you know, and he made the statement about Elijah Wan, uh, being better than Shaq and better to, or being the best center of all time or whatever he said. And it was a clip. So in the clip, they were just like, Oh really? Yeah. Like they didn't really challenge him in the clip, which I'm sure they'd probably ask some questions during the show. But then they, but then they went, but they went off. He went off about the new media and how, like, you never asked um, a follow up question. Yeah. And he no pushback. About, you're just you're hanging out with your friends. You got there your you podcast. Go. You there say you whatever. Yeah. And, and then he was but saying he, how they him up, saying that. But, but he was saying how they had Channing Fry on there. And like, I guess they beat up Channing Fry pretty bad. He's like, Channing Fry won't come on no more because we won't go softball with him. And I respect that. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to sacrifice their journalistic integrity or what they vision their show to be to Kyle told to somebody that don't want tough questions or tough answers. And I mean, just have a real conversation. Just, it's just a real conversation. Up, if you I ain't going to attack facts, you. If you show up with facts, like I, like I've mentioned this all the time and now, and I'll say this, I'll stomp this out to the day I die. Most people, if you have real conviction about something, a couple of follow-up questions will open up a real dialogue. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a real conversation where you learn what this person feels and then you can express ideas if this person has a real conviction about whatever the topic is. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, a couple follow up questions are going to feel like you're being attacked. If you ask me about 
LeBron or you ask me about the Jordan, like my statement on how I'm sick of that debate. I can give you, I can go back and forth with you. You can mm-hmm. still want to have the Jordan debate. I'm not going to tell you you can't have it. But just don't include me in it. Just don't include me in it, and I'll tell you why. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yell at you for having your conviction mm-hmm. to the point where you feel like, as a Jordan fan, you got to carry the torch in defense of his statistical greatness. And if you're a LeBron fan, you got to carry. If you feel you got to do that, that's fine. But in a conversation with me, I'm gonna tell you I don't want to hear, it, and I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, go argue you know, about Melo and T Mac or something. You, you know, know what I'm saying? So, like, but but to me, the follow up questions that's the part of the conversation. That's why you have it. But like, they do have a bunch of layup softball podcasts, conversations. Draymond says things on his podcast by himself, which is fine. Well, just a lot of it, just people just kind of expressing their feelings with not a lot of, you know, analysis to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think Undisputed went wrong because. You know, when I first when I was watching Undisputed, it was entertaining, mostly because of Shannon, you know, but then over time, the formula just became stale and the sayings never changed. It was just all the same stuff over and over. Like, how many times can you have the same conversation, but not only have the same conversation, have the same argument, have the same words, have the same nicknames, have the same saying? It just never evolved. You know, it's like literally that 11 and three Baker Mayfield won a playoff thing. He brought it up and Shannon was like, yo, this is his fourth team. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, <clears throat> like he keeps getting traded. Like if, if you're say he's that guy, but like even with Shannon, it's like, Shannon, why do you keep making the same arguments? If he was that guy, how come nobody in the NFL want him? You know why you've already seen what he's put on tape what he's put out in the field, you know, as an NFL player, why mm-hmm. he is not on a team. Mm-hmm. Just say that. Don't right. challenge Skip as if Skip was going to change his mind. And that's where it just basically became, uh, you know. Hey, like, don't, let, don't let Tampa win that division this year. Stop it. Don't let Tampa win that division because Baker Mayfield, you know, he's going to be right back on it. Well, I mean, it won't matter because nobody's going to be watching Undisputed. He's going to uh, go get Jason Whitlock, bring him back. Oh, geez. Geez. Maybe he'll get Those, your boy Acho. Yeah, that would drive me bananas. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it would help me because I would just literally stop watching the show. <laughs> like, Acho just was look one at of those, Raph, like, Look at Raph killing us. We can't even network because of Raph right now. Yo, listen, <laughs> you ask me, and if, and if they were to reach out and say, why would you say that? I'll tell you why. Like, I didn't like the fact it just felt and authentic yo that was like, like between acho and like that's what i'm saying like you had these dynamics that's that's and like it, last it night. should work but it was like nah it just didn't work you know last night i was watching on sling and when i first clicked the game it was on Stephen a's world and he was going through the list of people he was going to have on the show and i was like what is happening what is happening what what i didn't realize i was on espn too i was, I was like hold on hold on <laughs> like this is not what i want to see you know what i mean but uh i mean i did i did i did enjoy when jj reddick was there eating his sister's food i did enjoy that but you know but i try not to watch Stephen a's world just because i get enough of Stephen a the few times i do watch first thing like why do you need like why does espn need another show because they paying him Smith? all that money just make first take. They better. work in that man twenty two hours a day. If you make first take better, 
you wouldn't need the, all this extra in stuff. In the last it two just, years, in the last these two shows years, are bad. In the last two years, Stephen A. remind me of Obama before presidency and Obama leaving the White House. Just in the last two years, <laughs> that man be tired. Yo, it's just I don't know. It t- t- for me, I I while, like, hold up. And while we at it, get Mad Dog off of there too. <laughs> I I can't wa- I can't watch it. And I know it sounds hypocritical of me as I as I was telling you. I enjoy hearing the opinions of other people. Right, right, right. Because I I can get something from that. I can get value from that. The problem is every single conversation is hypothetical. It's era versus era. It's feelings over facts. Hyperbole. It's just like hyperbole. It's just so it's just so much in 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 my Marcellus Wiley Acho thing. And I told you this before. It just felt as if there were two educated black men trying to articulate how educated and how intelligent they were through the framework of sport versus just talking about the sport. And like it just felt like, yeah. it just felt like two people like trying to out professor each other. It's like, yeah, this isn't a dissertation. You're not auditioning to get, you know, you're not, you know, trying to interview for a job at Princeton and hopefully to get tenure. Like you're talking about sports, like just not necessarily dumb it down, but like it just the, the like the flow of it is like let me tell you something actually. Like it just was like it just felt like a like a intellectual tennis match, and neither one of them said a thing. Like none of them just said, like, yo, listen, I think LeBron is this type of player. I think he's transcendent. You can use you can dig into you into the, the source. Like Stephen A. Smith talks about all the time. He reads I, that's why I learned the word bloviate from Stephen A. Smith. I like uh, I was like, I love that was I love that word. My, my, my word my word is temerity. <laughs> Gobsmacked. That's the word I got from uh Nick Wright and uh Chris Bussard, gobsmacked. It's just like you're in complete disbelief at yeah. you know the result of something. I'm like, this is what I like. And I just felt like I just feel like they have too many athletes mm-hmm. that are just good shit talkers. But see, that's why I wonder with talking Shannon about sports. Well, that's why I wonder <coughs> with, with Shannon, like with all the stuff that you're saying, like, was it just all skip or like you know, was it just like uh, uh like Skip was the, the biggest factor, but it was just a culmination of a lot of things? If like from the outside looking in, I think I th- I just think he you we knew when he got stale. Like I talk about this is like one thing I asked. Like if I ever met a movie star that did a terrible movie mm-hmm. and everybody rated like yo know, like. If I ever ran into Ben Affleck and he's in a good mood and he'll really answer this question, I'm like, yo, when did you realize that Geely just was a bad movie? Like, why you're filming it? Because you had Al Pacino in it, you had J-Lo in it. Uh, I th- you know, you probably had a decent little budget. It's like, at what point were you like, yo, this is a terrible movie? Because you're showing yeah. up six, seven, eight, ten weeks to film these movies. At what point are you like, you know what? This is a terrible movie. That's how I feel about producers. Why y'all keep putting Nicolas Cage in these movies? Well, I mean, but sometimes it works because it he's had so many bombs that you put him in a movie where he plays himself and it just kind of it kind of just it's a hit. 
I do you got you got to take yeah you got to take the risk sometimes yeah uh, but I think Case with off. Shannon I think he just kind of realized it was like the Baker Mayfield saga I think that probably was the beginning of the end mm-hmm. Tom Brady making it to the Tom Brady making it to the Super Bowl and Baker coinciding with Baker Mayfield's pseudo success and then both of them subsequently collapsing at the same time mm-hmm. it was it, I think Shannon was like yo why won't you just admit that both of these guys that you love are playing poorly that's all he wanted and it was like he was having this conversation three four five times a week I got a good friend of mine he's in my group chat and we talk about this all the time but sometimes you get in the conversation I'm like listen stop at some point you got to recognize that you're you're not hearing everything that everyone's saying to you you can get pissy if you want but i'm sick of giving you the same bit of advice you know it was like we're sick i'm sick of saying this over and over again i'm sick of saying these guys are not top five quarterbacks the way you talk about them i'm sick of having this conversation especially in a sport where i'm in the hall of fame yeah and i'm trying to tell you this guy is no good but yet I gotta have this conversation with you every single week because just you're because of the who content. it is, yeah. Just because of who it is, you're driving the content, and and then with you know Shannon being an avid, very vocal LeBron fan, it's like, come on, you like you don't have these kind of critiques. There's a conversation I had with you the other day, like you don't have these kind of critiques for other players. Why is it so visceral for LeBron? Like, no, 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 I have this for everybody. And it's like, no, you don't. And I think just that. And then the Cowboys, he was like, every year the Cowboys do well in the regular season, they fall short in the playoffs. That's that's just a simple statement of fact. They went 24-10 and 10 the last two years, and they haven't hosted an NFC championship game yet. So how do you win 60, yeah, 70% of, <laughs> of your games and you don't host an NFC championship game? So I think just that redundancy of every single day knowing I'm going to have this same argument, the same conversation mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. like, and on top of the fact you disrespect me in these mm-hmm. conversations that I don't want to have. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, yeah. So yeah. hopefully he walked, you know, he makes another move. You know, we wish you the best, Uncle Shay. Yeah. Skip, you know. Good luck getting um. Jason Whitlock to come back to Fox Sports One or whoever hey, you're gonna get. Hey, maybe somebody's gonna jump at the opportunity. I'll tell you, Greg we're, Jennings. We're the fools. They're gonna put Tom Brady on there, bro. Nah. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have a um I think I think they would go with a black co-host. Hmm. I think just for just the basic oh, lack yeah. of originality of and casting. Yeah, and I can't get out of here without saying free the stews too. You know what I'm saying? Like they showed up. Made Skip look bad, and then they just disappeared, you know. And Water Pistol Pete, you know, they Jalen Rose got up out of there for a little while, you know. So Skip, Skip be wielding that power, man. But yeah, you but know. I think uh, back up. Um, no, back up. You can talk. You know, but ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of show where Mister Logical and I have some things on our mind that we share with you, called "Get It Off My Chest." So, Mr. Logical, the floor is yours. Get off my chest. Get off my chest. All right. 
Adam Silver. I know we, uh, you know, we kind of touched on it. We talked about it in our pre-show. I think we might have talked about it a little bit. But if you planned on suspending John ja Morant, you didn't need to make an announcement to say later I'm gonna make an announcement. You could have just waited till the NBA Finals were over, give Denver, Miami their opportunity to control the basketball airways for you know four to seven games, whatever it takes, somewhere in that range, at least four games. But instead, you allowed just this insatiable desire to just share information halfway, which is part of the problem our current society. People don't get all this information, don't get all the facts straight, and you just put information out there where it just is going to take away from the NBA Finals. Because after every game, so when Denver goes up 2-0, the conversation is going to be, hey, after a couple more games, we're going to find out what happened to John Morant. And then... It's going to be, oh, after this game, we can find out having a John Morant. And then Joker's going to win finals MVP. He's going to have average triple-double. It's going to be 29, 12, and 13. And it's going to be like, oh, man, great job, Denver. Miami's 8C, you know, they, they had a value run. But now Adam Silver, we got to wait when he's going to announce John Morant's suspension. And it's, it's going to be fair. Should he be suspended at all? And it's just going to be. Any other time a team was a championship in a sport of this popularity, they get the floor. Give them the floor. They put a lot of time in. At this point, we're looking at 98 games for Denver and maybe a little over 100 for Miami because they played in the play-in. They just played a seven-game series. You're the commissioner of the league. Your, Your job is to galvanize people to watch your sport, not create storylines and dramas. Let the sport do that. Let the last second shot go through. Um, no one's talking about the refs being investigated. No one's talking about all of that, but you you talk about the players. So I just don't want Jabba Rant to be the scapegoat for the NBA and then Denver not get their credit or Miami not get their credit, all the work they put in because you decided to drop this bomb in the middle of the NBA Finals. I think it's whack. Uh, I think you could have just made your decision, kept it tight to the vest, and after the Finals was over, after the parade, didn't make your announcement. But that's just me. I'm not a, a feelings guy. I don't have to share everything on my feelings all the time. I mean, everybody else seems to like doing that. Adam Silver seems to be <laughs> one of those guys running around doing all these apology interviews. I'm like, you're the commissioner. You ain't got to do none of that. David Stern didn't say anything when Michael Jordan retired for two years, even though the rumor was he made him leave. He didn't go out there and have a press conference about it. So, you know, cool. If you want to just keep throwing your players under the bus, make sure you do it for everybody then. I'll let you boy. I don't care. Can't you imagine, like, so, Nicola, you know, how did you guys do it? You know, everybody played well. Uh, <coughs> my, my, Miami is a very good team. So what do you think is going to happen with John Morant? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, the question is going to be on everyone's mind. Can you guys repeat in the West? And with have you John heard Morant, anything? <laughs> John Morant, you know, you, you guys have a good opportunity to potentially repeat in the West because, you know, maybe LeBron retires or John Morant 
gets suspended for half the season. He's like, yo, can I talk about these trophies I'm holding? The Russell know. Trophy and, you know, the Larry yeah. O'Brien. Can we talk yeah. about that real quick? Can we talk about my coaches? <laughs> can we talk about an average yo. of 30-point triple-double <laughs> in the finals? Can we talk about that? Can and we his talk brother's going to come and slap Mike Green in the face. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, y'all, y'all know the NHL finals start tomorrow night. You know, Vegas and in Florida. So, you know, Panthers and Golden Knights. So that's that's good. So, you know, I apologize, you know, Sam, because I was struggling yesterday, you know, 2-5 daily. I was trying to find some topics to talk about. I landed on something today, but I'm going to get into it again because it just be making me mad. So y'all know March Madness and everything came and went. The madness was here, all that good stuff. I was the only person in America that was happy to see San Diego State and Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. Everybody else was like, where's my Kansas? Where's my Duke? Where's my Kentucky? So, you know, we get to the NBA, which is a professional sport, and everybody's like, where's my Laker? Where's my Warrior? You know, where's my Celtic? And everybody's talking about now how Denver had this weak path to the finals. And it made me go back and think, like, how many injuries did Golden State benefit from during their championship runs? And outside of people that disliked Golden State or maybe they were LeBron fans and were tired of Golden State doing what they were doing, they were the only people that would bring that up. Nobody would ever just say, hey, the Warriors had a weak path or, oh, the Warriors had to play the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals, you know. So I was looking at this. So Miami's an eight seed. They're in the NBA Finals. First time it's ever happened, you know, um, besides the uh, Knicks. The 99 Knicks. Yeah, 99 Knicks. So, so, so what that tells me is <coughs> they beat the number one seed. Nobody upset the number two seed until they beat the number two seed. So when I go look at the West, you know, yeah, first round might have been easy against Minnesota, but most first rounds are easy when you're the number one seed. That's the reason you get the number one seed. That's the reason you get the number one seed and you get home court because, you know, you got to play against Carl with a K, you know, and, you know, you get to play against, you know, Anthony Edwards who – is a going to be a great player, but he's still not there yet. Yeah, young, you know, young star. But then in the second round, does the sun rise in the West? Had to get that in there. But you know, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, y'all knew everything that we knew going into that series and into the playoffs, and a lot of y'all still picked the Suns to get to the finals, if not win it. You know, so the West wasn't weak then. Like what? What was Denver supposed to beat Golden State? Like, let me see. Uh, eleven and thirty in the on the road this season. That was going to impress you, you know. Sacramento was the three seed that nobody believed in. If they had got past and got through, you'd have said Sacramento was weak. And then, lo and behold, the clouds parted and out came LeBron James. And even though he was a seven seed, it was still these adjustments. Rui is going to be the hero here. Anthony Davis is going to erase Jokic. And you didn't get your way, and you want to not give the Nuggets their credit. So when the Nuggets hug hug this trophy in a couple of days or, you know, in a couple of weeks, whatever it is, whenever the Nuggets are hoisting that thing, I just want you to not even watch. Just go watch your old 2016 NBA Finals film to get your rocks off. So. That's what I wanted to say. Give the Nuggets, give the Nuggets their props. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, you wanted to, uh, uh, so you wanted Golden State to get to the potentially to get to the finals with an eleven thirty road record. Nah, they and wanted lose every. They game wanted a Miami. They wanted a Miami LA final, just so they can highlight the the two glorious cities on either coast. Well, I don't even know. Uh, what you, they I wanted mean, the Miami LA rematch because well, the they got it in the bubble. bubble. The final four was all bubble. <laughs> Yeah, but you had you had your Miami, you, you had your Miami LA rematch. You had the opportunity to travel from Miami to LA in June, the whole mystique. But with that being said, Denver was the best team in the NBA for 99% of the season. Yo, why do people do this? Somebody told me that if Miami wins this championship. Then Jimmy Butler is an all-time better, is the best player in Heat history. Like, why do why do people do this? Because you you can't you can't lose it because the whole argument is based on feelings. Because any facts will show otherwise. Facts of how many regular season wins, how many regular season awards, how many finals, like how many MVP votes a player's received. All of that's factored in to the history of a team. But the end all championship of bus ideology that people are kind of running around with, you can just count the rings and just be like, oh, this person has a ring. He's great. It's like, <laughs> oh, if Jokic wins this ring, he'll be the greatest center of all time. Like, so you need to tell me four more wins is gonna catapult him from wherever he currently is in his proverbial list to greatest of all time. Is like just that narrative doesn't make any sense. I go back to the Tom Brady discussion that we, we've had. The the first Super Bowl he won against the Rams, he threw for like 150 yards, was Super Bowl MVP. But in most scenarios, a team would have taken a knee and gone into overtime, which would have been like the, the you know, before analytics. It would have been the Washington young quarterback backed up. You didn't do much in the second half. Giving him the ball with a minute, some change left, but he wins. Atlanta runs the ball on second down, and they kick a field goal. They go up 11. He doesn't have that great 28-3 comeback. That game's over. But then the Eli game – they, if they call if they would have called in the grasp, then his he would have been 19 and 0. So like all of these things can just change and it's like to just be like, oh, this win will make this person the greatest of all time. It's like if they if they legitimately gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch twice, he probably would have scored in that Seattle game. But if Curse doesn't even make that crazy catch, they're not even inside the five. So it's like so many things have to factor into a guy winning. And especially with the NBA, when you have to win so many rounds, so many games, you play for so long to just marginalize a guy's entire season and say, like, this is going to extrapolate for the rest of his career. He's going to be the greatest because he gets his one ring now and then gets no other rings later. But statistically, he'll have more points than Wilt and he'll have more triple doubles than Oscar. I mean, it's just it's just such a ridiculous argument. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. It's so I mean it, it's we'll get it's, there. If we're gonna get there, literally we'll get there. why I I I just sometimes 
I like the current arguments, like who's a superstar in the league right now, because you can use all the current whatever. Mm-hmm. Who's your best quarterback? I might not like the results of that list. Like I said, we discussed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least it's right now, and I can combat what you're saying with facts from right now. Yeah, like but is Jalen Brown compete, really going to get all that money? That's that's a, the you know. Then it's like, is it going to be worth it? Are you going to give Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown six hundred million dollars between the two of them? Like that seems like a crazy thing, but that's a real conversation that you're going to have about sports. But if you're having a real debate, like who's better, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, and it's like you can have a better conversation and still talk about the the Boston Celtics. You can mm-hmm. talk about the lack of adjustments by the coach. But you have to be willing to do your research. I'm pretty sure if Mike pulled out his notes right now, it's a full page typed up. I got all these notes written here. It's like if yeah, you're willing um, to do this stuff, you can get a two-hour show with another competent sports individual and have an intellectual conversation. But instead, people will go, start one, bitch, one, cut one. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I just... Cut I'm mellow, gonna... y'all. Cut mellow. It's <laughs> like, so like that's that's my thing. Like, oh, would you who you cutting? Scotty Pippen or Reggie Miller? I, I think that's a good one. I want to see people argue about T Mac and, and Mello. I want to see that argument. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a push, but you can like I said, I think you can use facts, yeah, and come to some resolution with that because they have a very similar career impact you know yeah. one's a hall of famer mellows on his way to the hall of fame because mm-hmm. he's literally and he deserves it and he deserves it yeah but like i said you know basketball a lot of guys get in but he is ninth all-time in scoring mm-hmm. but he did have a game where he has 62 points no rebounds no assists <laughs> and no steals that's the craziest stat line i've ever seen yo that is carmelo and that ladies and gentlemen sports reports is ordered that is mr logical i am five you know, we will be back on Monday. You know, that we will try to keep the takes fresh. We will try to keep the conversation not hyperbole. Yeah, we're not gonna be redundant. You know, you know but I mean? y'all left around these parts some story Jane. Yeah, that's right. Have a good weekend. Don't forget Juneteenth is coming up. Put some trouble in it. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>